Hello and welcome back to Lead with Compassion with me, your host, Nico McCall. In this episode, I'll tell the story of coming out via a public notice in my local newspaper. Before I get into that, I want to bring up the gendering of names. I will create a distinction in today's episode between female names and male names. My distinction is meant in any stereotypical way we understand that people assigned female at birth have historically been given names from one column, and people assigned male at birth names from a different column. I do this to illustrate the power my name change had for me, and those first moments when I stopped being seen as female presenting and started to be seen as male presenting. In general, I find the gendering of names absurd and love when people cross the divide. I invite you to never assume one's gender, no matter what their name is. Simply ask what pronouns they would like you to use. When I came out as a lesbian, it was back in the early days of Facebook when you could write notes, basically a blog post, and tag your friends. That's how I came out to the masses. I wrote a note and had to post it at least three times to tag every single friend I had. I left no one out. I was coming out and everyone was going to hear about it. I was ready to fight for myself and every other LGBT person out there. Contrast that to when I came out to the masses as a trans person. I changed my name and pronouns on my profile. That's it. No posts, no stories, no announcements at all. I left it to the other people to question how they knew this Nico person. I even thought about deleting all my old photos, but decided to leave them as a challenge for myself to not hide. That was a hard decision to make. Remember, I wanted to run away from everyone I knew and start over as my new self. Choosing to leave those old photos felt extremely bearing. But they are a part of me, and I want to honor that. Plus, it allowed people to make the connection to the name. Enough of this newfangled Facebook stuff. I thought this episode was about a newspaper. And you're right. But first, we have to discuss the changing of my name. I remember when I was a kid... Most of my friends said they didn't like their name or wished it was this other one they liked better. I don't remember if I played along, but if I did, I was lying. I loved my name. I didn't even need all the fingers on one hand to count the number of people I'd met who had that name. The only problem is that it was definitely a female name. So after starting testosterone... One of the first things I needed to do for myself was legally change my name. I'll discuss more of the heartbreak aspect of changing my name in the episode where I come out to my parents. I mentioned in the last episode that trans people have to know the legal side of their transition. This usually begins with a name change. What is required to change your name is determined at the state level. Fortunately, anyone can change their name if they go through their proper procedures. Unfortunately for me, 
my state required that it be published publicly once a week for three weeks. Publicly in an approved newspaper, not on Facebook. I understand the reasoning behind this requirement. Some bad apple ruined it for all of us when they changed their name to avoid debt or commit fraud or some other financial ruin. So now we all have to make a public announcement giving anyone the chance to object. But understanding this doesn't make it easier. We already know I have a hard time picking up the phone to schedule an appointment for my transition. And those appointments were in places known to be affirming. I was now going to have to go to the courthouse, in person, have a court date with a judge, in person, in a conservative county, in a conservative state. I didn't know if any other trans person had done this in my county. As excited as I was to not have my name out me as a trans person, my first reaction was anxiousness at the anticipation of ridicule. I didn't even make a big announcement on Facebook because I was too scared of how people would react. Now I was having to announce it in person to strangers and eventually to everyone who read the newspaper. Remember when you were in middle school and that super embarrassing thing happened to you? Or you had a huge pimple on your face and you just knew that that one thing is all anyone would notice about you. And for sure, every single person would know about it and look at you funny when you walk down the hall? That's how it felt, this idea of having my full legal name printed in the paper followed by my new legal name, clearly going from a female name to a male name. It didn't matter that the super embarrassing thing was you tripping on your shoelace and you saved it and didn't even fall, or that the pimple was a zit so small you had to be two inches away from the mirror to see it yourself. And it didn't matter that hardly anyone reads the small corner of the one page in the paper that lists public notices like name changes. It was there for everyone to see. And at age 37, I was that awkward middle schooler ashamed that everyone would know the worst part about me. Damn that internalized transphobia. When you are a transgender person with people in your life who object to transitioning, giving them a legal way to object is petrifying. My son's father said horrible things about me when I came out as a lesbian. I was terrified that he would read the notice in the paper and show up at my court hearing. But I didn't want to go around looking like a guy without changing my name. So I started the process. I filed my petition with the court. This meant that I had to go to the court where a stranger looked at my form, looked at me, looked back at my form while I stood there waiting, awkwardly. The part wasn't too bad. The awkwardness was all on my end, in my head. 
They're used to seeing people for all kinds of reasons at the courthouse. The real awkward moments came when I had to deliver my notice to the newspaper. I triple-checked everything before walking in, had everything clearly filled out. I was expecting to drop off my forms, pay, and leave. Upon entry, however, I was pointed to the lady behind a desk in the far corner of the room. I quickly learned that we would be going over the notice together. There was a good amount of noise happening, which was good because it meant not everyone would hear our interaction. But it also meant I had to speak louder, so those around us definitely heard. There have been several moments in my life where I was the first gay person someone had interacted with, and I will always add that they knew of. There was a particularly strange interaction at the Social Security Administration building when I changed my last name back to my original last name with my wife and I's marriage license. Two women listed on the license really threw her for a loop. There were a lot of head swivels, consults with someone behind a divider, and whispered questions. No whispering back in the newsroom, though. This lady took it upon herself to ensure I knew I was changing my name to a male name. Apparently, it was obvious I had filled something out wrong. It took a couple minutes and several attempts for her to understand why I was needing to post my name change in the paper. And that yes, it was the correct name. She wasn't rude, just matter-of-fact, which in my exposed state, came off as challenging. That was the first encounter I had where I was questioned about my transition. Even though, for her, she was only questioning the correctness of the information in front of her, I was having to explain why to someone, a stranger, where others could hear. I reached a place of resolve I didn't know I had in me while I stood my ground and made sure she did everything she needed to do to get my notice in the paper. I know for her it wasn't something she was used to seeing. She was trying to make it make sense for her so she could do her job. For me, however, I was on a mission. This wasn't some everyday encounter just part of my job. This was a necessary evil I had to encounter and defeat. I wanted to run, figure out a way to publish my notice without having to talk to anyone in person. But I didn't run. I stayed and made sure everything she put down was right. I wasn't going to have my name change denied over a technicality or spelling error. When it was over, I left the building and finally took a breath. On the day my notice first appeared in the paper, I bought one as soon as it was out. There it was, waiting to be noticed by someone, anyone, everyone. The wrong someone? But just like that tiny zit on my forehead, no one noticed. The public announcement tucked into the corner of one page 
displayed my beloved name for the past 37 years, followed by this new exotic name full of question marks and excitement for this new version of myself and the life I was creating. Seeing it in print, I was able to look past the terror of being judged. Although I had already started to notice physical changes from the testosterone, I stifled the excitement of those changes. Seeing my two names side by side in the paper, I felt real excitement. This transition was now taking place outside of me. This thing that I often felt was the worst part about me. The thing I should be most ashamed of. I was now revealing it to others. These legal steps that oftentimes feel like hoops we have to jump through also feel like proof. Proof that this is real. It's not some phase people think we're going through. Proof that this name is mine. This legal proof felt like a backbone, allowing me to stand taller and advocate for myself more. On the day of my court date to make the name change official, I was a ball of nerves. Anyone could attend and voice their objections, including my son's dad. And I had to go before the judge. It doesn't matter that a judge is supposed to be partial only to the law. My anxiety ruled those moments and gave 100% of the power to the judge. He called me up to the mic. And the first thing he did was warn me that he had to use my legal name at the time, the name I was changing. He wanted me to understand that he was doing it because he had to, not because he was being disrespectful. I knew it was safe to breathe. We went through the formalities. Then he took a moment to congratulate me and call me Mr. McCall. <laughs> Growing up, when people called my mom Mrs. McCall, she would say that was her mother's name and ask them to use her first name. So before transitioning, when people called me Mrs. McCall, I would let them know that my mom isn't even Mrs. McCall. But the first time being called Mr. McCall. And being congratulated for taking this big step. The look on the judge's face when he congratulated me was genuine. He was truly happy that I was living authentically. This person inside me, who I used to knock myself down and beat myself up and keep myself closed off from the world, was being celebrated. Going back to the sidewalk outside the newspaper building, I did not realize then the success I'd just had. I didn't realize it when I was in front of the judge, 
or when I was at the DMV with my official court document, or when I was back in the Social Security Administration office. I realized the success of that moment, standing tall when I wanted to run, speaking up for myself when I wanted to cry, continuing to complete these emotionally painful steps knowing it was leading to the public announcement of my transition. I realized it in preparing for this episode, in this moment of sharing it with you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing this space with me, for having compassion for me, and opening yourself to vulnerability. We love hearing from you. Check out the show notes for resources and ways to contact us. Tell us in what ways you are successful. And join us for our next coming out conversation. I'll see you then. Thank you.